Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is how to be a peaceful parent when you're losing it. Parents wake up every day with the intention of being peaceful, calm, patient, understanding, and deeply loving. If you have a toddler or a young child, chances are you begin to lose your peacefulness fairly early in the day, especially if you're trying to get out the door or try to do anything besides go with the flow. I have four thoughtful, caring, loving parents at the square table today. I have Stacy Blass, Dylan Jovenet, Emily Tech, and Kimberly Krams. It's Kim who raised the question of navigating peaceful parenting and realistic boundaries, specifically how to be peaceful and not be looked at as weak, lacking discipline, being manipulated by your child, and in Kim's perfect words, thus raising a future poopy head. Kim, can you describe where your peaceful parent gets thrown off by those challenging situations? For me, definitely all the triggers, getting out the door, bath time, bedtime, eating, basically everything. I have a two and a half year old, so I should put that out there. So I'm like in the thick of it. And, a, and he's your only child so and far. And he's my only child so far, yeah. So the trigger points of, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, waking up from a nap or trying to get the nap where they can, right. you never know what you're getting. So it's very triggering. Because, because, I'll let you answer it first. Oh. Because, because you never know what you're going to get, and then you get something different than you're hoping. You're always, going to get. always, yeah. Especially with a two and a half year old. Yes. Especially, and and the old Gazelle Institute used to say the half years are the disequilibrium years. He is mm. fighting for autonomy. He's fighting for independence. He's fighting for voice and choice. And we know number one curriculum choice and goals in elementary school is how do you give children voice and choice? So the the, the peaceful equation is how do I somehow manage our lives, not him, because if you try to manage a person, you're going to go into a power struggle, <laughs> especially a person that's vying for their independence and voice, and just, just, and just finding himself. Um, and so the controlling um, and the, the question of power, it might underlie that peacefulness. Um, describe, describe what peacefulness means to you also, please. And then we're going to find out from, from everyone where they are. For me, it's checking yourself more than your child because, again, I'm the adult. He's the little guy. He doesn't have that regulation in his, like, brain and his emotions, and he doesn't have the impulse control yet. So when I feel like I'm boiling over, <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's two and a half, you're 35, you know, you're the one who can set the example, do better, get through it better. He relies on me 100%. So I really 
you know, and I fail sometimes. I'm not perfect, you know, but those are the thoughts in my head. When I'm like, oh my God, my shoulders are like in my neck. I'm, I'm like, you know, angry or whatever. And when I think, but she was making yoga mudra fingers as she was doing that. (laughs) She was bringing peace in. I really like. I breathe. I have. I have an app called Aura. By the way, if you if you guys want to ever try it, it's called. It's like a mindfulness app. And I'll get these reminders. I'll say, breathe, Kimberly, and then I'm like. (laughs) So you know, and we'll come back to the second part of this question. Uh, The way I'm hearing you, and the and your question for us for today, and the challenge for everyone to answer at the table, is. You know what your parenting goal is in terms of peacefulness. You actually have some tools and strategies, and you are trying to to figure out who Oliver is in those moments, support him and guide him, and there's always going to be blips. Yeah. But you're also getting criticism that you may not be doing the right thing not to be raising a poopy head. A lot. Okay, so we want to come back to criticism big time because you feel good about... Yes. Searching for your peace. Yes. Because peace, of course, peace isn't something you have all the time. You have to keep keep, yeah. re- keep breathing it. Okay. Emily, what do you think about um, peaceful parenting? Um, it's a lofty goal. And I think it's an achievable one as long as you, you know, view peace as like where you are on a spectrum and it's not, you know, one absolute thing or the other. I feel like I am a pretty peaceful person and that's you know a whole lifetime of mental health you know checkups and being aware and you know like being grounded it's not like you can become peaceful for your child you have to be a peaceful human <laughs> brilliant <laughs> brilliant to share that with your child okay everybody repeat that one more time <laughs> that, like yeah. you have to cu- you can't come into parenting and decide to be peaceful you have that's to be right. a peaceful human being. and you can't be it for your child no because it because it'll be what the way i hear that envision that and, and experience that on a regular basis basis is that you what you wake up every morning and you're going to say this is what I'm going to be I'm going to have patience and and unless you have the tools and unless it's coming from within it is this thin <laughs> thin thin veneer that cracks very very quickly um, hmm. because it, it can't be for your child it has to be for yourself and from within yeah so and I, I was thinking about this guy I don't remember I bet you know who it is you know p- children behave as well as they can who said that you probably don't know. know somebody said that I didn't make it up so really hmm. see you know and I teach myself so you know as much as whatever the words I'm saying to my child so I have a just turned two year old and a four month old and I know that my and my my just turned yeah my little ones making cooing sounds over there (laughs) you know so that distracts me which a happens all the time but also babies are so peaceful in general so I find the peacefulness and sort of the radical amazement of being of little kids to be a great Mm -hmm. inspiration and my trigger is their discomfort because like I yeah even when they're pushing, when they're you know pushing boundaries, that doesn't bother me. But when one of them cries or when I oh I, I I just I can't like in the car when they're crying I lose my peace. That's the worst. Real fast. Yeah. Um, and then like I'm biting my husband's head off half an hour <laughs> late and I and I so so it's 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 that me knowing myself knowing what I need to do to be all the things that I want my child to be because I can't tell her to do it if I'm not doing it myself. And that's such an yeah. interesting other aspect of peace is that idea when your children aren't happy, when your children are struggling, when your children are in emotional soup of their own, how do you maintain that separation so that you can be an anchor and a point of reference for them outside of their own whirlpool, storm, hurricane, or just meltdown? 
And I think the other sort of two things that ground this is, A, you know, making peace a priority. Um, you know, yes, I want to be a peaceful parent because that's good for my kid, but it's also, you know, shalom bayit as a Jewish value, the pursuit of peace in my, like, it is good for the world. It's it's a top A1 thing that we, you know, peace and gratitude are probably the two things we talk about in my house the most. Um, and other families might have other values that they, but like, I feel like that sort of covers all the bases. Um, and I am an early childhood educator in my professional life and talked about peace with lots of little kids a lot of, lot of times, which I feel it is, you know, its own blessing. And so many little kids, when you say what is peace they'll say quiet and you know I just don't think that's a complete understanding of the word so the sort of understanding that I've worked out talking to all these little kids is peace is when everybody has what they need because then there doesn't need to be fighting and what everybody needs is different and all of those needs need to be prioritized but that's not what my two-year-old needs to know so me knowing that peace is half so I operate better on this early child but sometimes my two-year-old needs the space to scream for 20 minutes because she needs to express some feelings (laughs) and that doesn't mean that the overall goal of pursuing peace isn't being met it just means that I don't like that aspect that's right. right because right. those children who can't be seen and heard may not be the most peaceful children. They may be the ones that are just holding it all in with tight fists and they will explode um, without um, any sense of peace through that. I have one more question for you, Emily, before we move on because I know you and your parenting style. As you said, the the conflict, the age opposition, conflicts, challenges that doesn't distress you, and and I know that for a fact because I've seen you hit that pause button where you take the time to listen, to talk, to wait um, in those, to be present in those moments with Talia. How can how do you find? The how do you find the ability to pause when you're on the adult schedule? Um, treadmill. Um, a, what, wherever we have to go, whatever we have to do, it's in my calendar. I tell my husband a full 20 minutes before it needs to happen. <laughs> so we operate. If we need to be at school by 9 o'clock and it's a 10-minute drive, we need to be in the car by 8.30. Um, so that's sort of foundational in it. Um, but it's also, and it's, you know, I, I, it's gotten harder and harder as Talia's gotten older and older to remi- retain that. So it's also, so, so it's, it's building that in, you know, it used to be, I count to 10 to recalibrate myself. To, now it's, I count to 30. <laughs> like we need, we need a little bit more space. We need a little bit more time and, and not out loud. Oh Cause God. I don't think that's helpful to her. That's, that's my own help, you that's know, hilarious. So, so, those accommodations. The joke I've used before is, you know, in the old days when we thought timeout was appropriate, and of course we don't. We think of rejuvenation time, time to regroup, time to find your calm, rather than a negative time mm. out. Um, but in the old days, we used to say a minute for your age. <laughs> oh. Now I'm like, if I'm if I'm 35, yeah. <laughs> then you need at least 35 yeah, minutes yeah. To, to reestablish calm sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would like that. Okay, Stacy. So you've got you're juggling, well, juggling, and it's so interesting to hear Emily say, you know. I'm a peaceful person. I, I usually doubt anyone has ever described me as a peaceful person. <laughs> so that might be why I have um, extra trouble finding peace. Um, especially, you know, in our house, for sure no one's ever called my husband or I peaceful and probably also not calm. So it's a challenge for us to get there, for them to be able to get there as well. Um, we do do timeout with Eli. Um, you know, he's three. So 
And it's not timeout like you're being punished. We tell him he has to go to timeout until he can calm down. Because I we tell him we can't deal with each other until you calm down. Because we have to calm down and you have to calm down and then we can talk. And if there's because, a positive thing on the other side of it, like we are reuniting, we are right. reconnecting. And again, there are some children... Um, and I'm pointing at someone around the table. There is a child <laughs> that that needs a physical, and 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 I will tell you, we know this about Teddy mm-hmm. now from separation. Mm-hmm. That need physical contact in order to have that reassurance. Uh, you know, it, it, some not all children need it where they can regroup, mm-hmm. and then we can all take that time mm-hmm. for all of our needs to be met. He, he yeah. won't regroup with me standing right there. I mean. Um, you know, I remember he turned two, and everyone talked about the terrible twos, and I was that, like, obnoxious person saying, I don't even know what the terrible twos are about. Mm-hmm. My kid's so good, and he was. Well, I don't know what happened at two and a half, but two and a half to three was rough. <laughs> if the terrible really twos rough. don't start at under two, at 18 months to two, and they did I it. promise you, and, that, and you missed that podcast, that if they come at three, they come with a new articulation, a new language, a new vehemence. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire... Oh yeah, you cannot, like, you cannot skip that stage. So you mm. want it sometimes at a pre-verbal. It would stage. have been nice a little earlier because <laughs> it's it now he's more, he's more robust. <laughs> oh yes, and you know, he hears probably a lot of adult conversation, whether it be from my husband and I speaking together. Um, I'm trying to work from home a little bit more. So, you know, I'm a divorce lawyer and he'll hear me on the phone with clients. Mm. And, you know, he hears a lot um, and he speaks at three like an adult, Um, (laughs) like really like an adult. So, you know, his tantrums are very, very verbal, and it's not like we don't understand what he's saying or he can't verbalize what it is he doesn't want to do. Today, this morning, I got loud and clear all of the things <laughs> he did not want to do um, in the middle of a tantrum, but I can't, it's not a skill I've gotten yet, to talk him out of it. To, to and he may that. not, and that may not be his strategy, as you said. Some it may or may not because I know I can't. Like right. I'm just not there Usually yet. Usually, you cannot talk <laughs> during the tantrum. I mean, that once those, mm-hmm. once that lower brain, they call it upstairs mm-hmm. brain, downstairs brain. Once that downstairs brain is in control, you're fight or flight. So right. now it's like, how do I reestablish the calm that says, okay, I don't have to run away and I don't have to pick a fight um, in order to mm-hmm. defend myself in this situation so in order to calm that it's now it, it you can start with your body I mean you can start with that breath you can start with 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 just finding some equilibrium and then you come to and now how do we fix the problem right and you know, so now that's how what we, we were talking about this morning but you know that's hard with a three-year-old yeah. so this morning you know I was actually for me very calm and I said okay Eli I understand that you're telling me it was I don't want to go to camp I understand you don't want to go to camp and I understand that the reason you don't want to go downstairs and put on your clothes is because you don't want to go to camp so I'm going to sit down next to you and we can sit here for as long as you want to calm down I'll sit here with you while you calm down and then we can talk about it well it didn't end you know right away but eventually he says 
I'll go downstairs. He's a negotiator. I'll go downstairs, but I won't put on my clothes. <laughs> well, to me, that was a win. So I said, okay, let's go downstairs. And then once we were downstairs, it was, I'll put on my clothes, but you have to stay at camp with me, which he's actually never said to me before. Right. So that was strange. And as soon as we got in the car and he was totally calm, he said, I'm going to say goodbye to you. You can't stay. Camp is, for me to, <laughs> camp is for me to have fun with my friends. And I said, Eli, it's Shabbat. It's Friday. Because he knows I don't go into my office on Friday. I'm going to stay. And he said, no, I think it's a good idea if you go to work. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, okay. I mean, you see all the skills and, and information right. that he's packed into all of that that you've taught him. Yeah, so, and, but bravo. He's, he's good at that. I mean, I don't really think I did much to calm him down I tried to calm down and like share my peacefulness that way by me not getting crazy that's really the only thing that's in your control right how do you keep your own calm the second is that is within your control is how can I de-escalate rather than escalate the situation but when you're not a particularly zen person but that's you're a a fun person you're a very dynamic person and he is going to come out of this with attorney skills there's no question (laughs) yes oh yeah but but what I heard that you just said was you did my perfect parenting improv yes and yes and mm-hmm. we're going you know yes and you don't want to go and when he says you can't yeah i want you to stay at school it's like i mean what you really just gave him time to feel that thought and live in that for a little bit mm-hmm. which was yeah and then oh, he changed his mind like i don't want you anyway <laughs> that, that's right because everything they say mm-hmm. isn't exactly what they need or want or mean because mm-hmm. he want really he just it's when we they used to have toy conflicts when they were little and we'd say it's not about the toy it's about the power it's about the voice it's about the 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 action and what i'm discovering in myself and so what happens is he, 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 and he wants two things. Sometimes he wants to be home and he wants to go to school. There was no He only winning. wants to be home now that his brother's exactly. home. Exactly. very if, new but thing But if you for kept us. him home and he figured out all on his own that there was Shabbat happening at school or there oh, was a friend at devastated. school. devastated. I want both. I want that world and this world. I want it all because I'm three. Well, and the hard part is, is we're trying to. You're not supposed to, to feel that way after three? <laughs> 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 I'm really in trouble. It's it's part of, it's, you, that's you part of the point. I'm not sure that's gone away for us. I, yeah. That's part of the entitlement-free oh, okay. um, the, the whole process, which goes for a lifetime. Which is, if there oh, was this, God. if life were the cruise ship party boat, you know, we would all be on it. But at some point, you realize. I can't have everything yeah. all at once right now. Yeah. And there and there's And we the all know people who haven't grown out of that at all. <laughs> exactly. I mean it's true. Oh, right, well, I, I think you've done well on your call. I need that pep talk from you by the way cuz I'm where you were when yours started. Eight for transition. Oh, We're going to talk about that after oh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely She's, she talk will give to you, you about so that. much hope. <laughs> but and so much and so, Eli's a different child. It's so interesting because you know, you th- in some ways, he's so set in his personality since the day he was born. I mean, he came home from the hospital screaming blood. Like, our neighbors would come check on us to make sure we were okay. Because Eli had this sort of, like, mean colic. And I had postpartum depression. So we were, like, a real bad pair. Wow. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So everybody, everyone 
listen funny. to the postpartum so podcast. It's <laughs> funny because, you know, if, if I tell someone now who really knows Eli and his personality, he had colic. That's not surprising to anyone. <laughs> it's sort of, you know, part of who he is. But the other thing is, is in so many ways, he's morphed and opposite. You know, it's like he's like extreme in the stage he's in and just like one day wakes up and is out of it just like one day he woke up and was in it i mean yeah at two at two and a half even i had this like perfect listening communicating he's always been overly verbal so that's been an advantage um as far as communicating with him goes um but, you know, he woke up, you know, one day later and was a different child. And I was like, I don't even know what... To, I came to Karen I said, I don't even know what to do with him. Everything's a fight. Everything's a tantrum. You know, and then, you know, we have a two-month-old. So he turned three two weeks after the baby was born. And that was two months ago. And this is like a whole new other thing. But, you know, when the baby cries, we tell him... He's crying because he doesn't know how to speak. That's his only way to communicate. So his crying could be, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I want to play, I need my diaper change. So this morning in the middle of his tantrum when I told him, uh, and I I ask him, I don't say don't cry, I say, is this something you need to cry about? He tells me, he's communicating with me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Eli. And then, fine, you, and then you fine. can just ask him for more then, clarification. Well, you know, well, it actually calmed me down because that it was right when I was getting to my boiling point and it calmed me down because I was like, okay, he is trying to communicate with me. He is. And so, and there's so much in all I mean, it's not like they're I trying to, to be bad. Exactly. And so, and the other thing that you see is that sometimes the chaos lasts for a while. It lasts for a stage. It lasts for a transition time in your family. It lasts for a few weeks at school. And so there is this sense that sometimes the peace only comes, the big peace only comes after you've lived through uncertainty and chaos and and all of the growing pains. Let's hear from Dylan. Dylan, what are you thinking about all of this as the dad of the oldest? I'm happy to be here. I'm just (laughs) learning so much. Um, well, I have an advantage over everyone here. I'm the father, so I'm the second. Uh, I'm the second string quarterback, you know. So my, it's my wife who carries, you know, I hear most of this from. When I have to be with my kids alone for a while, a couple days or whatever, that's when I get. That's when I really start to, because I can sit here and tell you how peaceful I am. I mean, I do. I do have a few tricks. I mean, I do. Uh, I focus on what I'm grateful for. You mentioned gratitude. For me, it's all about gratitude. I'm just grateful for so many things. So I, I really think about that. that in a in a in a stress in situation. A, uh, what I do is I, my, I think for me, God is in the pause. It's in how I react to life, frankly, how I pause when I hear something, and I find that I I've come to recently do in the past couple of years to focus in the list mentally in my head the things I'm grateful for during a, a rough moment, and it's like a trick that works. I couldn't believe it. Um, and we also talked a little bit about expectations, need what you want versus what you want. I find that all my unhappiness is in my expectations. If I Absolutely. expect my child, yeah, that's where oh, all of my yeah, happiness is. Big time. If yeah. I expect my child to yeah. do a certain thing, exactly. then I'm going to be unhappy 55% of the, you know, right. 32% right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. If I just expect my child to be my child and wherever that goes, that goes, then I don't really attach emotion to the outcome. And I'm right. pretty good at that. 
Uh, I don't know why. And I think that's huge. I mean, so we've been talking a lot the last few weeks about what's normal. And the normal is exactly whatever your child is bringing to you. Mm. It's always, wherever your child is, goes to with the quote you were trying to think of earlier. It's just that whatever your child is doing, exactly what your child needs to do in this moment, right here, right now, based on their skills and their abilities. And if we, the only way we can have a relationship and the peace for us is that relationship with ourselves, maybe a relationship with God. It's, but then the peace for your child, if you try to give it to them, it's going to be in the relationship you have with them. Mm. And so how do I meet you exactly where you are? And so my answer to Kim, the first time you raised the question on Facebook was, how, how do you become a peaceful parent? See me, hear me, love me. Mm-hmm. See me, hear me, love mm-hmm. me. See me, hear and love my child, mm-hmm. where they are in this moment. And mm-hmm. so this idea of when you don't have this expectation, so tell us. Well, the last thing I want to add to that is I try really hard not to get into their uh, battleground. So basically, the ch- I find that the ch- well, Lila used to, but Teddy will because we broke right. Lila from that. I find that they're going to try to control me and bring me into their little battleground, which I just won't do. <laughs> So if she had a tantrum, I'd say, you can cry all you want, go in that corner, we're going to hang out over here. And basically, she was doing it for attention. So if we just ignored her, she, you know, wait a minute, no one's listening. We just started trying to do Yeah, and and that worked for us. Uh, Then after a while, I was like, you know, that's not, you know, I'm not the guy to play that game with. I'm just going to ignore you. Um, And then with the boy, I'm going to, you know, he's so much energy. It seems like a lot of his tantrums come because he hasn't spent his energy. So what I'm trying to do with him is turn the page and just get him outside and make him walk. Run. Just run it out. And that's a gift I try to give to my (laughs) wife whenever I watch him. I want to bring him back exhausted. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. And I will say... There's, there's two kinds of exhaustions. You know, there's mm. there's the one that is going to get you the overtired and can't sleep. Oh, um, yeah, not that exhausting. Not that kind no. of exhausting. <laughs> but, but there is what you said, get them outside. And and a lot of us at this table believe in nature and play. Yes. Mm. And so air, water, oh, um, grass, nature, and and then and then running and feeling yeah. again that feeling body as strong and powerful isn't mm. just getting rid of it. It's also that positive yeah. expression of what they're trying to grasp. And at. it's how we're built. I it mean, basically, and I think it's philosophical. And at a, least for some you, of you us, know. you know, well, for some of us. Yeah. Okay. You know, there are those that will that will sit with the books on the boats. You know, and, and the, but there are children that like those quiet places yeah. where, where there's going to be enough, together. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But right, so it enough. is that idea of who, knowing what yeah. your child mm-hmm. needs. So why don't we go there and talk because about? Because he can be at peace once he's played. Like with with my older, with my three year old, it's it's a huge difference. And I know that this could like go off in a whole nother direction, but we we just went like cold turkey on the iPad. Mm. You know, there's he still watches a tiny bit of TV on the real TV, but we took away the iPad that he had the control over and. Um, we've really, you know, during the week, totally cut out TV. And I don't have any, you know, it's not like it's like a parenting virtue, like we don't want him to watch TV or we think the TV's bad for him or anything like that at all. It's just he couldn't. It took away all of the peace he may have it had. It changes the brain. And it's like, more, 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 more. It feeds the monster. The worst tantrums, you know, and we had we had talked to um, Amy about it a lot. The worst tantrums were when we would shut off the TV. I mean, he just couldn't handle it. He would 
absolutely lose his mind. And now that we don't do TV during the week, all of the transitions became easier and less of a fight. I mean, it was really that dramatic for us. And it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't affect all kids the same way because I have friends who their kids can watch TV and turn it off and go do something else. And go do something else. You know, he's just not capable of that or not capable of that yet. But like, if we go outside and he has fresh air and he gets to play on the playground, you know, there's not usually a fight when playground time is over and it's time to go in, inside and eat dinner. Okay, I right. want to tie some threads together. because we. So what your original comment, Kim, was when people judge you for having your children manipulate and control you. Yeah. Um, Everybody and, loves to tell me that. Wait, 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 before we get to the criticism, though, but what you just said is he couldn't, I had to take that away because it was something he was controlling, something he desperately wanted, but what he wanted wasn't what he needed or was serving him well. Dylan, you said, um, I'm not going to play that game, um, which is, I, and, and, and it comes to to Emily's point about what do they need and do they, and how much do they know what they need and how much do we need to step back mm. and assist them mm. with understanding what they need mm. and facilitate having those needs met because I think that's gonna I think that's a real secret here mm. uh, but but it goes at the vulnerability that is like I want to give them what they tell me they need yeah. I want to I want to be peaceful compliant yeah. Yeah. parent yeah. But at some point, the peace gets disrupted because you have to stand back and make that decision. You can never satisfy and that thirst. They'll always need more. Well, it's a, it's a human struggle, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, anyways, because, yeah, like you said, it's the entitlement struggle, yeah. which is how mm-hmm. do I know what I genuinely right. need? And your gratitude was your antidote yeah. to that. But you need tools, skills, yeah. especially in this culture. Uh, yeah. So... But that's hard because there's like, it's almost like as a parent, there's no winning, right? Because if you're, if you're strict in those moments or if you're, I would call it like less understanding or interactive, then, you know, you're one of those like of our parents and our parents' parents' generations where they just, you know, ignored it until it was over or something like that. But yeah. then there's the opposite, too. Like, my mom, even my husband, and, you know, men and women are different like this, but I'll be talking it out with Eli. I think I'm talking it out. And, like, my dad will even say, or my mom will say, you're negotiating with a three-year-old. You're giving them the power. You know, it, it's all, all about the power struggle, and you're giving them the power. But I think of it differently. I think I'm, you know... I guess sort of giving him the power, but making it more of a conversation. I think you're I don't giving think him that's like too, soft though. parenting, but there are it's plenty of people it. who say, yeah. you know, but, that's but, soft parenting. And I, he rules the roost. You know, right. he. It's a t- and, and again, there's no one else that can judge. It is exactly. what's working. Is it hard. working for yes. you? Because yeah. you were moving him forward. You got out of the door mm-hmm. today. <laughs> you know, there's the accomplishment, and only you can judge that. Right. So when when I feel like with this whole, you know, and then people say that I'm this parent or my parents watch this and they hear it, like I, I've found it really helpful with my kids and now in life, you know, it's about assessing and describing. And, you know, with, if I sit down to talk to my two-year-old about her feelings or whatever is going on and somebody wants to say that she has the power or I'm being this kind of parent, they don't know the body posture. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So when people give me this feedback... 
it is very, it's really only my husband, and even he doesn't have the, the clearest picture mm-hmm. of what's going on. So I've been able, and, and and this is, you know, my journey as a parent, that, you know, if somebody, so yes, I, I do have some granola tendencies, and I do have the NP, I, I'm a geek, and I'm a, like an academic, I go and research things, and people are like, oh, well, you're just going to go, like, look at research and read some articles and not listen to your mom, or something like that's that. I'm like, like oh, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, so A, that's an insult, Thank you. but no. No matter Happy. what people are saying, you got. I have to take it with a grain of salt. I have to take it with a grain of salt. So I just, I, and I want my child to know that just because some other grown-up sees her, you know, it's, it's a personal pet peeve of mine that somebody, they meet a kid and you're like, oh, well, she's shy. Because of whatever behavior that that child is, is you know, is displaying, or like, oh well, she's scared. This happens all the time. People look at my kid and they say she's scared, and then I don't want her to say like, oh well, I'm scared. What happened is scary. Like that, it's a whole thing. Whereas I can say, hmm, it seems like you're startled. Do you think that you might feel startled? You know, and, and like really asking questions and assessing and describing because shy, being a shy child is very different than mm. it, 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 it describes a whole host of other things. And it's mm-hmm. such, it's a judgment and it's a, and it's a category it's and it's a label. And it gives I'm it not to okay them. With it. I mean, and really? it gives it to them. Okay. Because, and again, and that's, that's, you know, a professional who wants to, to, to use that in a psychology office, that's a right. whole nother deal. But I think, why not just say, oh, you're watching. Oh, are you taking that in? Do you need some time? So you're not attaching yeah. a value yeah. to, because the op- to there what they're are, doing. I mean, we know from temperament, there is easy, slow to warm up, and intense per- temperament that children are born with, and they will carry it for their whole life. That is the one easy, piece of research. Slow to warm up. And, and intense. The original mm-hmm. word was difficult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think of it as more, more intense. than one of those things. Wow. You can be a combo. Like, mm-hmm. The research came out in 1957. I use it for potty training. I mm-hmm. use it for separation. I use it. And when your parenting matches that temperament, so you mm. can meet them where they are because it will not be changed. And yeah. here's the thing with shyness. It makes you feel like you should fix it. And there's a wonderful book written for grown-ups called Quiet. And there's a whole lot of new things coming out that says the value of the quiet observer, the thinker, the watchful mm. person is mm. contributing as much as the outgoing, loud, assertive no, in God. other ways. There's a lot of ways to have a voice without just being mm. loud. But it's and that's just one example because it's the same as, you know, the parent who says my kid doesn't like vegetables versus my kid doesn't like broccoli versus my kid doesn't like steamed broccoli. Like those can all be true, but if you start with the with the most descriptive observation and then work out from there, you might find a whole lot of other things that do work for the child or maybe it was their mood or my kid doesn't like steamed broccoli when I'm also serving mashed potatoes, whatever it is. So like I feel like that's a that's a less emotionally charged issue than the shyness or the fear. So I just try with my kids and working with other kids to be be as specific as possible because the minute somebody because the minute someone tells me what kind of parent I am, they're wrong and I'm not listening. Whereas if somebody says, "Wow, it seems like you're having a real my husband will say, "It seems like you're having a really tough time now with the baby." I wonder if it's because you know that the big one has a fever. Like, let's, I wonder if this is a connection. Perhaps you could consider X, Y, or Z. And now my, my like, <laughs> but it's what we do with little kids.
kids, but it's the same for all of us. Right. So I feel that's like a whole mm-hmm. thing. But but the 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 speci- specific descriptions of what we observe is so different than making a judgment. And it's when we judge one another, what's normal? And I would say description is a power tool to use when you're feeling stress, anxiety, and escalation. When you do, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in in entitlement free, we say um, very clearly, you are smarter than your child. But not in the moment. In the moment when it's starting to escalate, you're going to be drawn into your child's level. Yeah. You're going to revert yeah. to everything that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when so the only way to be smarter than your child is know what kind, you know, like no, I'm okay with having uh, negotiations as long as he's it's constructive and moving forward. I'm okay mm-hmm. with this in myself. This is my choice. And, and evaluate situations outside of the conflict situation and then come back with a plan. The trick is how do you stay with the plan when it's falling apart? Well, and because that's hard for you me. You kind of have to at least trust yourself enough to see if it will work. But when in doubt, especially with your child, just look at the situation and say, what's going on? If you That'll give you a pause. And then if you can answer it for both you and your child, mommy's getting like louder. Where is that coming from? And you could say, it's coming from my tummy. It's coming from my chest. It's coming from my throat. It's coming out of my mouth. You know, like I'm real specific when I'm going, when I go into descriptive. Talia just said to the baby, uh, she goes, oi, vey, look at that punum. So many feelings. And she sounded like this little tiny Yorker, but I don't normally name the feelings that I think that she's expressing. I'll say, wow, those feelings are big. You know, Tell that's me right. about them. That's right. Yeah, Show that's me your face, whatever it is. That's okay, so so from Dylan and from Kim, how do you feel about um, those choices you make when you are not when you are not you when you are being peaceful-ish, <laughs> but not doing this the way other people or maybe think you should do it? So stern or or controlling. Um, how do you, how do you negotiate that? What yeah. what your child yeah. needs and based on what your child needs and what you need. Well, I'm like you when it comes to other people's criticisms um, to start. You know, everybody goes, oh, you should do this or you should do that. Or, oh, do you ever spank him? Do you put him in timeout? You know, that'll fix him real quick. And I'm like, he doesn't need fixing. Yeah. You know, he's a mm-hmm. little guy. He's just being himself. And that's it is what it is. Um, and also, again, like you're at home with them all day and like you have the big picture. You know how they are. You're with them. You know how your kid is and what works and what doesn't work. So I just remember, you know, okay. I've done everything I can with him. I've tried so many different things, and I find that, like, when I'm calm, he is a little calmer. You know, I don't give him the opportunity to spiral out of control because I feel like if I start to spiral a little, he feeds off of me. You know, they watch you. They mimic you. They they copy you. You know, mine does at least, you know. And and I know we, we probably should do a whole podcast on spanking because we had a little pre-conversation. Um, so I'm going to save that for another. What we do know is there were a, it do, there are a million other things that work, and you don't need fear and intimidation or control to to manage mm-hmm. a child's behavior because what you really what your goal is is to help them manage themselves. And 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 this idea that we're not on the same side that I'm going to fix you, change you, do something mm-hmm. to you is so different mm-hmm. from. I'm on your side, and I'm going to be your partner and your guide and your teacher, and we're going to figure out what you need and how to grow from this. But my one question for you that I think goes to the beginning of the podcast is, 
are you afraid of him becoming a poopy head? If you don't, if you don't, ha- uh, do you think that peaceful and poopy head go together? No, I don't. But I definitely am sometimes. I do feel a little insecure at times when I feel like ah, he's so out of control and I can't. You know, he's being like, oh, and then somebody says, oh, if you just spank him, it'll straighten him up real quick, you know, and then like I start to doubt myself a little bit. And then and you become desperate for the quick fix. Yes. And this is right yes. from Entitlement Free. It, why don't quick fixes work? Because you're grasping at mm. straws. You are gra- right. and, and, and that desperation is guaranteed mm. to escalate the moment and, cr- and create chaos instead of more peace. So right. you're right. Quick fixes will always bring you into the, the insanity mm. rather than help you separate. And from something it. else I want to say is I feel like, you know, the whole negotiating, oh, you're negotiating with a three year old or a two year old or whatever. I feel like it's better to sit down and problem solve because you're giving them skills for later on, not just for themselves, but I think with other kids and family members and and just in the house. So I know people see it as like, oh, you're letting them have control. You're letting them do, you know, like run the show for you or whatever. But I just disagree. I really do. I'd rather show Oliver how people work it out together without freaking out or losing it or, you know, being isolated or shamed yeah. or whatever. And it's, but it's hard. It's, it's easy to say you want to do that. Uh, it's but, very hard. Well, it's the hard question to do becomes it. appropriate power. Well, you I'm, want right. your yeah. appropriate power, but it's not a power over. It's a power mm-hmm. from within. But, and the same for them. Because there's a fine line gives, between that and, yeah. you know, but you threaten know. and bribe. But look, he can, <laughs> appropriate power is, mommy, I can tell you what I'm thinking and feeling. Mommy, I can tell you how we're going to, how, how I, I'm going to get myself down these stairs, out the door, and to school on time. What I can't make, what I don't have power over, Mom, is my ability to manage that 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 iPad right now. So there will, there are times yeah. when you have to say no. Correct. There are right. times when you have to say, look, I have to make that decision because it's not because it's a decision for our family, right. our sanity, and all of our. It's peace. like a healthy boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Boundary. You said how people see it, and it's the same point I was making. Like, how people see it is shenanigans. Like, how you right, know right. how my toddler thinks of it when I say it's time to go home because we've been at the park for two hours is that she, I don't want her to be happy. Now, I know that that's not true. That's how she sees it, but it doesn't, right. it's not the truth. And that's how all, no matter, if somebody says that's how they see it, right. I just, very, very little merit. Unless you're very within our circle, and that's a very small yeah. circle, and it, Changes. And I, even know, that, for, it's a conversation. There's yeah. a lady that I grew up with uh, named Debbie. She was a six foot four, big woman, long hair. And she used to say, Unless you're stooping me or paying my rent, I don't give a hoot what you think. And that's basically <laughs> my and rule. Even then. And 99% of people fall in that category, and 1% of people don't. I'm pretty good at just, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Right, okay, if we're very a partnership. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to match it. So how do you decide? But that's hard, too, because dad's parent, on a whole, dad's parent very differently than mom's. So I think, and I think the answer, that's why I had to put a qualifier yeah. on that. I said stupid me. If, <laughs> I mean, I said stupid me. I qualified what, my wife's opinion. I, I have to listen to but, but what, what that says is Emily's inner circle. It is, if right. you're yeah. in the inner circle, then we have a relationship right, and an exactly. agreement to have a conversation and for me to be to listen and for you to listen to me. So, so And I only just justify, I'm making air quotes for podcast listeners, <laughs> to my inner circle. So like I'm not, you know, some old lady at a park is like, well, you shouldn't breastfeed because when I'm da 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 I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to bother yeah. 
it's not worth my yeah. resources. And there's a lot less extreme examples than that. So unless you're my inner circle, not only am I not going to care right. what you think, yeah. I'm not going to waste my breath or yeah. my time or my energy right. get feeling insecure That's the way because I of what you it. said. That's right. the way I see it. I, I wish we could go a second hour, but let's talk about the final wrap-up. How have you got this? Um, what do you know about your peacefulness, creating peacefulness as a discipline strategy, a learning strategy, uh, peace in the home? for yourselves, for your families, for your children, right here, right now. Focus on gratitude. That's what works for me. Thank you, thank you. I, I just have to stay calm and then share that energy. Sharing the calm energy because, you know, if they, they, they want to match your energy. So if I go crazy, he's going to go crazy, and that's not going to help either of us. So to, to just de-escalate the best I can until we're at a place where we could get to that next step of distraction or move forward or change or any of that. Thank you. Um, assess and describe, really see what the exact issue that I'm handling it, you know, and prior, you know, put a pin in this. I can't deal with this now because I'm hungry. I can't deal with this now because you're tired, whatever. And, uh, and so, so being confident that I'm on this continuum and being confident that, being confident enough to ask for help and use other tools. So we have like we have books, we have you know songs, we have all these other things that get you know reading the books about all the feelings and making the names. So knowing that I am the leader in our pursuit of peace, but I am not the one who's got all of the solutions. I love it. And as you just mentioned, halt. Put a pin in it if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm-hmm. or if your child <laughs> yeah. is hungry, an important angry, one. Yeah. lonely, or tired. Sometimes you're too hungry, angry, lonely, and tired to even realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. You can't yeah. fix anything. I say yeah. to my husband all the time. It's, yeah. not, it's not just my kids; it's human beings. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. At all ages. If I can't function so hungry or tired, yeah. 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 come to my mother's house. See exactly what you're talking about. So that, that brings me talking about hungry and the whole thing. Mindfulness is a big one for me. And then self-care. I find that mm-hmm. when I think about myself first sometimes, um, I'm happier, I'm calmer, and I can deal with him a lot better. And so that took me a while to figure mm-hmm. out because I had a lot of guilt again. Like, you know, Mom, I love you. If you listen to this, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful. But my mom would tell me, I never wanted to be away from my babies. So I don't understand why you want to be away from all of her. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, my. That's a heavy guilt trip. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And she's like, I just never felt that way. I never wanted to be away from my right, Here's a medal. Here's a medal I got for my you. Mom, I, I, I felt love Enjoy at first sight. I can't understand. Mommy of the decade. And now that I, I felt both sides of it. And yeah. I'm so glad you got to do what you needed, that you were yes, aware right. of what you needed. Right. And aren't you grateful that you modeled that for me so yeah, that right. I could get what I need? I know, right? But see, my mom is like legit Mary Poppins so and I'll never uh, be that person wow. that's not me she she literally it's like a unicorn yeah she's totally it's miraculous unicorn. I can't I even believe God. it she I mean and she traveled alone a lot you know uh-huh. um, my dad was in the military she traveled alone a lot with two kids by herself with no help amazing Whoa. Korea to here to there I mean wow. she she never and she, she never complained she's like I grew up with my babies I was happy to do it. And I'm like, well, I'm happy. I'm just I'm just exhausted. And mm. I feel burned out. Like, I'm forgetting about myself. My toes look like crap. My nails look like somebody chewed them for days. Mm. Even though I didn't touch them, they're just rotting off. Mm. You know, I'm, like, exhausted. I'm, I have, like, you know, red eyes. I look like <laughs> crap, you know. So I started taking care of myself And more. a good final. And there you go. Fill yeah. your bucket. Fill your bucket. Fill, yeah. their ch- mm. fill your children's buckets. Thank you all so very, very much. Yay. Yay. 
So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.